the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. When Sadan Kapnoglu was elected president of BIMCO, the world's largest shipping association, back in May 2019, she knew that tectonic shifts in shipping would mean a busy agenda. A year into her tenure grappling with shipping's response to the environment, security and digitalization, she now has the added burden of how to lead through a global pandemic that's wiped over a billion tonnes of trade off the forecast and created a crewing crisis with tens of thousands of seafarers being left stranded at sea as governments struggle to stabilise in the wake of an economic and social tsunami. Sadan, welcome to the Lloyd's List podcast. Thank you. Very nice to be here. When you set out your agenda as BIMCO president, it was the environment that was leading your agenda, and understandably so. Shipping has a dual challenge. It must meet the demand of the world's growing population with more ships and more voyages, while, of course, radically reducing its emissions. And achieving both was always going to require a transformation. That requires the industry to navigate the difficult processes of digitalization, creating a a more efficient supply chain. And then, of course, there's the standard challenges of security, industry representation in what is undeniably an increasingly complex political landscape, uh, innovation, entrepreneurship, safety, shifting trade demand trends, access to finance, transparency, the, the list goes on. So to add a global pandemic into the mix where the impact has already been more significantly severe than any recent financial crisis, then of course uh, the ongoing and as yet unresolved Korean crisis that's seen tens of thousands of seafarers stranded at sea, well, that rather changes your agenda as an industry leader. So, Sadan, how do you see us getting through this? Give us an idea of what you think shipping's new normal looks like. Um, Richard, I, actually, you just, you know, uh, summarized it very well, what we've been dealing, you know, recently. And uh, the new normal will be the mixture of the old new normal and new new normal, I think. And what I mean by that is the old new normal is the big focus on our environmental agenda and the climate change. That is not going to change. And I think it will also maybe increase even more. And we will see much more regulations, not only on the, you know, our target to, you know, reach the certain emissions into 2050. And as you know, we have to develop the uh, certain technologies on, on that, and we are still working on it. And also we will see different uh, regulations on more topics such as, you know, underwater noise, hull cleaning, and, and maybe some regional uh, rules uh, on, for example, single-use plastics. So it is imperative that we keep our focus on our environmental you know, performance. And this will always be the part of and the most one of the most important part of the new new normal. And uh, other than this, I, I think we can say that you know there is a three significant areas that COVID nineteen pandemic change our industry. And one of them, as you very rightly say, is the digitalization of the industry. Uh, 
I think, you know, when you go through such a thing, as you say, that no one is prepared, nobody was expecting this. The only thing I can say when it comes to shipping, we can very fastly adapt ourselves to the changes. Uh, you know, when you deal with the sea, sea changes every minute. So we have this kind of, you know, natural uh, ability to adapt and proceed. So that's what we did in BIMCO as well. And also that's what the shipping industry did with the digitization, which is, you know, I don't want to say that anything can come out good from a pandemic because it is we are going through awful, awful times. And uh, there's a lot of drama attached to it. But one of the positive side effects, let's say, was that, you know, our very conservative uh, industry become almost digitalized. And uh, so, and this, this is, a, I think, is a huge step uh, forward. And uh, we will see from now on that for example, some of the types of shipping inspections will be digitalizedly done. And some of the paperwork and administration will be digitalized, maybe. You know, for in BIMCO, we were, you know, trying to focus on electronic bill of lading for a long time, but it didn't work. It didn't happen. But we will take a look at it again, because maybe now it can work. And, you know, conferences, meetings, you know, uh, most of them, uh, become digitalized. I still a great believer of uh, networking and human touch. I think that you know when we are behind this, uh, we have to find a balance on digitalization and you know human to human networking again, because I think human beings need this you know personal touch. But at the same time, we've been doing our committees online. Uh, we did a EC meeting, executive committee meeting online. So I've been attending, you know, like this one, uh, a lot of, you know, podcasts, the conferences, the panels. It is, uh, so it, it is working. And I think also we have to see from uh, a certain angle that this will also uh, lower our emissions because that means that we will travel less, less. And uh, also when you talk, uh, talk about the pole cost management, for example, that is going to become fully digitized, hopefully. And then that will also, you know, protect our seafarers and also, you know, can reduce the emissions at the same time by just in time arrivals. So all over, you know, we will see the, uh, the effect of digitalization in maritime uh, business. And this will also reduce, hopefully, the administrative burden on the seafarers. And by doing that, of course, I, as a BIMCO president, I have to, you know, underline some risk, cybersecurity and maintenance. Uh, in BIMCO, during our uh, annual reports uh, and surveys, we see that awareness are increasing, but this is just the beginning. So we have to focus on the cybersecurity and well maintenance when it comes to the, you know, digitalization. Uh, I think other thing that we have to be seeing new normal is that how the industry will approach to working with the government and international stakeholders. Uh, first of all, I have to say this, as an international shipping association, we were always close, but now we are closer than ever. 
we work together and uh, even you know harder and our top priority right now still even today is the crewing issue mm-hmm. and because it's not has been solved and uh, I, and it is very difficult for for me to understand the states or the governments you know the countries because they are beginning to put open for tourism all over europe truck drivers They've been able to drive across the border for months, but ship crew are still unable to be relieved. This is not, this is not, a, you know, this is not acceptable. This is wrong. It is. And it's interesting that you mentioned the unity, because I think it is fair to say that, you know, there have been um, difficulties between the various representative bodies uh, for shipping over the years. Um, there is something of an acronym soup out there of, of, of different bodies and representation. And I think internally that makes some uh, sense uh, in terms of how each of the fragmented parts of shipping get their voice and uh, you know make up the discussions that are necessary within an industry like shipping. But when you are outwards facing, when you are trying to convince national governments, you need that singular representation you need that single voice that shipping can um, speak with and i think it's been very interesting to watch the unity with which bimco international chamber uh, the itf uh, the even uh, imo and uh, ilo and you know there has been a a singular uh, voice in terms of how this needs to change this is an issue that needs to be uh, addressed and yet as you say we still have not got to the stage where that voice is being heard what do you think it's going to take to get shipping on the agenda outside of shipping? And, and do you think there's anything more that BIMCO and the, uh, the, the representative bodies of shipping could be doing here? Well, there is certainly a lot can be done. Uh, but before I go to that, I, I think um, people should understand. And I thought that, to be honest with you, with this pandemic, uh, at least the states, did understand this and what is this it is um, how shipping is vital to our global supply chain and uh, just to give it an example from my country turkey you know global seaborne trade in, in turkish bit is 75 percent in average mm. during the pandemic time it went to 90 percent you know because it is the most efficient most secure and uh, you know transform mode and we need shipping so shipping is done how you know we yes we are a ship owner association and we have also other members from the charters to the brokers all you know uh, but what is a ship owner ship owner is the person or what is a ship manager ship owner is a person who own the vessels and the ship managers who run the vessels can we do this both without seafarers no. So if we talk about the you know, safe uh, global supply chain, we need safe shipping and we need our seafarers uh, because they are the ones who run our vessels. You know, I want to salute them because they are still the hidden heroes and they sacrificed so much so far uh, to, in order to run everything smoothly. But now this is coming to a cost because you know now th- there are so many for a long time 
in their, you know, in the vessels. It is not healthy. So I think governments fail to understand if they want a safety shipping, you know, supply chain, and then they must tackle this. And there is a lot we can do. Usually in BIMCO, what we do is, uh, for the national uh, parts of this, are you know lobbying or communication, we leave it to the the national uh, associations, and this is also what I would say my fellow international uh, shipping organizations do as well, and the national associations are doing you know their utmost, but apparently we are not doing enough because the problem is not solved. So now we are looking for a new strategies to go and to, if, if necessary, and I think it is necessary, to even go to local, you know, nation by nation to the countries, states, and tell them. And hopefully we will do this all together. And uh, because it is clear now that we have to change the way we communicate with the, you know, government, states, and the other stakeholders. So that our words will mean uh, more, I would say. And uh, also, we have to extend our network outside our own industry. And we've seen this, you know, during this pandemic, uh, while we were, you know, working on the uh, crew change issue. And uh, so we have to be closer to other industries, for example, aviation, energy, infrastructure, logistics, and their association. So I think uh, now we we are I, I I wish we were in the you know uh, I would say end of the pandemic, but we don't know yet. But it is clearly there is an effect with the crew change issues that how our operations are volatile, and we will be addressing this on a as a long term strategy. That's for sure. It, it's interesting because you could write off the issue of um, shipping's visibility as just one of those things we talk about in the industry. But I think the pandemic has rather highlighted the fact that while we are quite good at talking internally to ourselves, we have an issue talking about shipping and the value it holds within the global supply chain and society to those outside of shipping. But if you look at your agenda uh, beyond the pandemic, uh, the digitalization argument, the decarbonization, these are all issues that are going to require uh, increased um, interaction with component parts of society and industries that shipping has traditionally not had much to do with, with um, the energy companies, with the, the national and local governments, with tech companies, uh, integration of the supply chain on a digital clean basis is going to require us to do a better job of talking about shipping to the outside. And I think the pandemic has really highlighted that, you know, we are not doing a particularly good job about that yet. Do you think there's anything we can take forward from this? You mentioned at the beginning that, you know, there, there are some positives to take out of this. There's some, you know, catalysts, I guess, in terms of some of the, uh, you know, processes that we know we need to do as an industry. But do you think our ability to talk with a single voice could be the, the lasting legacy of this pandemic, if we're going to try and put a positive spin on this? Uh, I, I hope so, because I, I think um, uh, pandemic sealed it in a way. Because we were already starting to, you know, join the forces, helping each other, communicating even more. 
And there is a very simple reason for this. You know, either shipping will write their own destiny or somebody else will do it on behalf of us. So the, you know, um, I just have to comment on one thing you say before I proceed further, that you say maybe we do not do enough for environment, but we do a lot for environment, especially for after, you know, 2008. And uh, the, the fleet is slowed down, so does the emissions slow down. And some, you know, shipping uh, is an inter only international industry who has a internationally a promise, a goal for emissions. If there is any other else, I don't know. So, like shipping, it's such a wide variety. It is totally international, and yet we set a target for ourselves. And now, as a, as a shipping associations, we are actually we offered uh, to IMO to have a, a research fund, innovation fund. So that, you know, we can actually find and target every single important solutions for the uh, emissions. I think that is very important. And also, as BIMCO, we are also working on a solution in IMO to keep the vessel slow as it is. You know, uh, the, there is only one good side of the, you know, global economic, you know, recession is that the vessels will be slow for sure. But we want to keep it that anyway. So we are also working on a solution limiting the power of the existing vessels. So we are doing much. And as you know, shipping is highly regulated uh, compared to a lot of you know, other sectors that you know, we, can, we can be tracked and we can be traced. Uh, but I think what is lucky here is that we do not communicate enough to tell and express ourselves and what we are really doing. Uh, I think that one of the reasons is that, the, you know, shipping is 24 hours. It, is, it needs your full, you know, uh, focus in a way. It goes even for the very big ship owners to small ship owners, from the very big operators to the small operators. And, uh, and the global crisis starting from 2008, you never see the balance in shipping yet. And now we have the pandemic. So sometimes I think we are too focused on our business so that we cannot communicate. Uh, and uh, so our aim is, uh, and our talk among us and in BIMCO as well, that how to change this and how we can communicate. And I think this is, as you say, it is the you know, good thing that now we are all agreed that we have to communicate, we have to communicate with others, and we have to better express ourselves. And I think the, you know, in shipping, to give the decision is the most important thing, and we are quite fast on the other, you know, side of mm. it, actually executing, and eventually that will also come. But do you think then there is any need for any kind of reform in terms of how the industry does that? Because none of what you're saying is necessarily going to be controversial or indeed new news to anybody listening, but I think we have, to some extent, failed as an industry to have a regular unified voice. And for all the good and the right things that are being said by BIMCO, by the International Chamber, uh, even by the IMO itself, that message clearly has not got through at a level that is having an impact. And if it's not having an impact in terms of the crewing crisis, 
arguably it is um, equally ineffective when it comes to decarbonization and digitalization and all these big tectonic shifts that are happening within our industry we need to be able to communicate more clearly as an industry at an outside level do you think we need to do anything more to have that uh, internal discussion and then present as a singular voice because we are a fragmented industry um you know many people don't even believe we are a single industry we're, we're a series of sectors that are linked by our, our our business and our international trading scope but we're not a singular industry we are still very fragmented we need to find a better way of talking about ourselves i think uh i agree we have to find a better way of communicating uh but i think shipping will be pragmatic we need different voices all we have to do is first to be agreed on you know the the basics and i think right now there is a you know uh, agreement on that Uh, especially on environment, especially on what the, you know, negative effects of uh, COVID-19. And we need to be united more than ever. So everybody is agreed on that. I think on, on top of this, you know, it is important that the association, international or national talks, I agree. On top of it, I think, especially the younger generation, And I do not consider myself anymore a younger generation, even younger generation. Ship owners themselves, ship managers themselves should come out and and do this communication so that the people will see the changing face of shipping because shipping is not all this legendary uh, shipping. We are quite, you know, modern. We all you know, have, want to do our burden on the, you know, environment. We want to leave better things to our children. So the young generation is even much more keener than the older generation. And we have to bring them, uh, I believe, to the surface. And uh, so give me this opportunity. I will ask all my fellow and younger ship owners uh, to come up and also join us as, as a strategy so that we can communicate better, we can make a difference with our communication. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the state of the uh, the global economy. We are, as we said at the outset, in some interesting economic times. Um, for all of the, the positive uh, momentum that we are having, the reality is that the whole of the shipping industry is facing uh, some turbulence, um, uh, an economic downturn that is likely to last uh, well beyond this year. Uh, these are some tough times ahead for the shipping industry. How do you view this this panning out? Are we, are we on the, the, the brink of a recession here? Uh, you know, is this something where demand is going to come back in a, in, a, in a U-shape slowly? What's your view? Uh, well, certainly extremely difficult times. Um, shipping is the reflection of the global economy and in the global economy uh, you know it, it is hurting I we do not expect any v-shaped recovery we are you know it will be slow and gradual and sometimes we see some optimism you know such as for example if there will be a rise in a stock exchange market you know one of the leading companies we are like all oh, countries we just all you know become optimistic, but it is too early, too early to be optimistic. And 
I think the real the key issue is how damaging will this uh, to the globalization. And even before the pandemic, we see that you know um, I think the world trade did not grow at all in 2019. You know, trade wars, you know, more nationalistic politi- policies, uh, in, especially in the key nations. And uh, so these are already were affecting, you know, sh- shipping and the world economy badly. And now, if we look at the pandemic, I think pandemic is causing world merchandise trade to drop anything between 10 to 15 percent. So uh, we have a big challenge ahead of us. And uh, even, you know, things can start to recover. That doesn't mean that, you know, globalization will be immediately back because now the governments and the companies will focus on their domestic issues instead of the global, you know, agenda and the strategies. Uh, so we have, uh, you know, a couple of years uh, of struggle. And even if you think that before that shipping was already suffering and there is a always uh, imbalance of, you know, uh, demand and supply and this, this um, overcapacity is continuous. So we have a, you know, challenging times ahead and also I think we will see that the trends of the trade might change. I don't think that it is possible to reverse globalization. And I think it is impossible for the countries that to be 100% self-sufficient. But it will change the nature of the trade. And maybe, uh, you know, there will be... uh, some trade closer to the home, some of the countries, some of them will go far. And we have to, you know, these are all assumptions. And this is all what we are hearing. Uh, of course, you know, when the pandemic will be under control, then we will see the real intention of the, you know, the governments and the countries. Uh, but even before that, the world was not promising a lot. And uh, so it will be challenging. And you mentioned uh, at the beginning of uh, our interview that uh, you know the 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 requirement for shipping to do what it has always done and respond quickly to changing circumstances. From what you're saying, that really is just a question of accelerating that process. You know, the successful ship owners, if we understand what you're saying correctly are going to have to be the ones that are agile enough to respond to fundamental changes in trade lanes. Exactly, exactly. And adopt and act quickly. Exactly. And being innovative will also help. Uh, yet, uh, you know, we have a, quite a challenge to take in our, you know, near future. We'll see. And let's, let's hope that, you know, shipping so far always goes back. You know, there is two things about I say about shipping is one, we always comply. I say this usually for ship owners. We always comply. At the end of the day, eventually we always comply. And the second thing is, you know, uh, we can adapt and change and act accordingly. So uh, to follow the innovation and uh, this will help us.
to go through this time. Let's hope so. Um, for now, though, uh, Sedan Kapanoglu, President of BIMCO, thank you very much for joining the Lawyers List podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much.